Good morning, everybody. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Got a few announcements. I'll get right out the way so we can get into our service this morning. Uh, happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. So I won't see you tomorrow. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And um, most importantly, show the love of Christ. Show love, of course, to your spouse. Now you better make sure you got the right gift or the right thing to say. Write a poem. Do something crazy like that. And um, most of all, show the love of God to everyone you come in contact with every day for that matter, not just on days like Valentine's Day. Also, we have 100 Days of Glory going on, and uh, we also have some new members that are coming in, but I'm going to wait until next week. They're not all here with us this morning as simple transfers, so uh, we'll just get them next week to stand and, and, um, and, and welcome them into the body of uh, Gap Hill. Also have a junior talent lunch and practice today. Food provided with the practice in the choir room following service until 2.30. And uh, parents, please see the bulletin for upcoming practices. There will also be a baby shower given for Andrew and Sammy Bagels, expected little girl this afternoon in the front of the Family Life Center. That's from 2 to 4 today. A box will also be in the foyer until the end of February if you're unable to attend the shower today. Also a reminder for the Home for Children fundraiser until the end of February. We're providing spaghetti sauce with meat for the, uh, for the Home for Children and helping refill their pantry. And so you can mark your donation as Harvest Festival if you would. And, um, and that way we can put it in the right place for that. Also church meeting next Sunday, February 20th at 6 p.m. Just be a phase two discussion. Uh, this meeting, of course, is for all members and for financial supporters of the church. So we hope to see you there. want to be in prayer for a couple things. You can go ahead and play, Susan. We got some bad news this morning. I don't know if some of you remember um, Brother Nick LaRusso. Nicholas was his name. He said about where Brother Rick's sitting today there with the master. And um, got word this morning he passed away. And so uh, they had just moved to Mississippi. That's why they stopped coming to the church. He loved the church here. They had come two or three months before that, but they um, moved away to Mississippi and he ended up passing there from sickness. So let's pray for the LaRusso family today. Um, continue prayers for Bonnie Moody. We also have um, the Duncans. Um, Byron and Reader are not feeling well today and sick. Let's be in prayer for their healing. And also for everyone that's just suffering during this time with loss of loved ones and also with sickness in their families that God would bring healing. Let's pray that God would bless this service today and just minister to us in a special way. Can we do that before we enter in the praise? Father, we thank you for your powerful name, Jesus, the name that is above every name. Today we surrender this service to you. We commit these names to you that I have just called out. There's others that I haven't called out today, but Father, you know every need in this church. You know every request. You know the unspoken needs. You know the families that are suffering today and going through hard times. We ask you, God, that as a church family today, we just lift them up to you. And we're asking you to be with them today. Give them the support that they need, whether emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. God, mind, soul, body, and spirit, we speak healing and wellness over them today by the powerful name of Jesus. Bless this service today. Let us enter into your gates with thanksgiving. Enter into your courts with praise. Let us be grateful to you, thankful to you, and bless your name for your love. It endures to all generations. Amen. Amen. Don't you just feel His presence today. Let's stand together. Lord, we lift you in this place. We magnify you. We glorify you, oh God. Let's bless them together, church. I said, let's bless them together, church. Amen. Can I get some amens? Amen, amen. Lord, we lift you in this place. We magnify your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Put our hands together.
glorify you. Anything that would distract us from worshiping you. Anything that would limit us in our praise to you, oh God, I, we cast that down in the name of Jesus. And we're here to bless you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, help us, I pray, oh God. Hallelujah.
He is worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Continue to worship. Praise the Lord. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise today in this presence? Amen. If I had the title of my sermon today, I'm going to title it The Four. That means we're going to have four points. Everybody four? One, two, three, four. We're going to keep it simple. The Four Dynamics of Destiny. Um, I believe that every individual in this house today has destiny written all over their life. Now, when we talk about the word destiny, and I think sometimes it's often possibly overused, but in short, when we talk about destiny, really what we're referring to is your future. And according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, one of my favorite verses of all time is where God says, I know the plans, for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans that are good, and not evil. To give you a hope and a what? And a future. That means that God says to everyone in this house today. That there is destiny. Written all over your life. If, if we were to ask the question today. And I'm just going to ask it. Why am I here? Has anybody ever asked that question? I have asked that question a lot of times. oftentimes. Me and God. And I'm asking. Why am I here? I mean, there has to be a reason for my existence. There has to be a greater plan. Have you ever thought about where you are in your life or what you're doing in your life? And you thought to yourself, man, I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm not doing what I could be doing. There is so much more potential in me than what I'm allowing myself to actually accomplish in life. God wants you to know today. That it's time for you to fulfill that purpose. There's no more time for waiting. That now is that time for you to figure out where God wants you. What God wants you to do. And today I could have done a typical. You know some preachers are preaching on the Super Bowl today. And let's be on Team Jesus. And there's other people that are preaching about hearts and love. I got a plenty of that last night at the A1 class banquet. To last me the rest of the year. It was great, by the way. But today I'm not going love. Today I want to talk about destiny. And really, in reality, falling in love with Jesus and allowing God to become the center of everything and just asking God, why am I here? What is my purpose in, in this life? Why? I mean, listen, folks, let me tell you something. When my mama and daddy had me, the one thing that I always heard was that I wasn't planned. Now that is a nice way of telling me pretty much that I was, it was a mistake. Whether we want to say I was a mistake or not, the act, it was a mistake, it wasn't intended to happen, but here I am today. But what I understood, what my mother taught me was simply that there's no mistakes. That you are here for a reason, you are here for a purpose, and God has sent you to this world to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, whether or not you are going to do that is left up to you. God has planted it in you. He has put the talents in you. He has put the giftings in you to fulfill your destiny. He has given you everything you ever need. He's given you a wife, a husband to support you. He's given you a boyfriend, a girlfriend to help you along the way. He's given you a mother, a father figure. He's given you a mother of Israel in the church. He has given you somebody in your life. To help keep you on the straight and narrow. To make sure that you become the best person that you can become. So why are you here? Now this is what I was thinking about. The time clock is ticking. Do y'all know we're basically ticking time bombs? I mean some of you are worried about dying next week. Well guess what? I may beat you to it. I'm perfectly healthy as far as I know. Things are going pretty good. I feel pretty good. I can tell I'm getting a little older than I used to be. But, but I'm still feeling pretty good. And, and so, I mean, but, but, but today could be the day. I mean, today could be the day that, that my time bomb goes off and, and Purdue's gone. And y'all are hopefully crying over my casket and all that kind of good stuff. And oh God, why him? You've got 70 years, 80, if you really get blessed and fortunate like my dear Miss Ada, then you've already had 90. I mean, but, 
But, but how many people even get there, right? I mean, we, we literally have so many years on this earth, some even before 70. So if, if the clock is ticking on your destiny, and destiny being simply living according to God's plan for your life. He wants the best for you. He doesn't just want you to get by. And listen, and this is not just about, about money. You know, people think when, when preachers start talking about God wants the best for you and, and God wants to bless you, the first thing they think about is, Oh God, I can't wait to be a millionaire. But if you ever watch a show where people won the lottery... And, and I remember watching one episode, and I remember this guy, and I'll never forget the words till my dying day, I don't think, when he told them, he said, winning the lottery ruined my life. This thing ain't all about money. You know, when you talk about being blessed, you know what being blessed is? It's your provision for your family being met, and then God gives you a little more to go along with that. That's blessed. It is not being the world's richest man. Listen, when you get things, I had a lot of time you say, well, I would never change. But let me tell you something. We would change. You can't give somebody $200 billion and expect them to act like the same Aunt Sally they've always been. She ain't cooking you no more meals. She's getting a chef now. But I love Aunt Sally's biscuits. It ain't happening no more, honey. She won the lottery too bad. What I'm telling you is when God blesses us, it's not always financial, all right? It is also possible that we can lose our destiny. Adam and Eve touched one thing, the Bible said, is that forbidden fruit. And when they touched that forbidden fruit, it cost them their destiny. What God intended for them. Live here happily ever after. You'll never be sick. You'll never have pain. You'll never have to cry. Everything is going to be perfect. But they had that one thing, that one tree of the knowledge of good and evil out of a whole garden that they had to touch that one thing that's forbidden fruit and it cost their destiny. Do you know in this house today that every person has that one thing? Do you know that everybody in this house, you have that tree of knowledge of good and evil right in the middle of the garden. It's the one thing that you know you're not supposed to touch. But you know, when, you, when somebody says you can't do it, isn't there something that rises up in you and says, I'll show them. It's, it's worked for years. It's a tactic that, that, that it's just our humanity. It's how we think. So what do you think Satan does? He takes advantage of our humanity. And he says, huh, has God really said you can't have that? God don't want you to have it because it's so good. You know? For some people, that one thing may be different things. It may be pornography. For another, it may be drugs. For another, it may be alcohol. For another, it may be anger issues. For another, it may be that they're jealous of everybody else because they just want more and more and more and never have enough. For another, it may be that nasty word, gossip. But somewhere in all of us, there is that one thing. It is a weakness that the enemy knows and he will always try everything within his power to get us to do and act on that one thing so he can take us away from our destiny take us away you see the one thing in your life is nothing but simply a distraction from your destiny and it has been put in your life as a temptation it has been put in your life to where Satan can test you it is the Job moment where he says man you've hedged him so much I can't get to him that God says wait a minute I am going to allow you to be tested I am going to allow the devil to tempt you because I need to know whether or not you're really for me or you're against me I need to know if you're in love with me or if you're just a casual Christian and so God begins to work in us to get us to this place while Satan, on the other hand, is fighting. When you look at Abraham, Abraham is a life worth noting. And I'm going to read my scripture here when we talk about the topic of destiny and the four dynamics of it. I want to, let's go to Genesis. Let me read this because I'm going to refer to this during my sermon. And, and Terah took his son Abram, used to later name Abraham, and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai, which later is known as Sarah, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans uh, to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years. Terah died in Haran. But the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Watch this. This is powerful. Leave your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make a great nation of you. I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So what did Abram do? He departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. Abram was, how old was he? 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Do I have any 75 year olds in here that are ready to move next week? I mean, we're going to move everything out the house and go to a new place. Y'all getting excited? Of course you're not. Moving's tough. I don't even want to move. I mean, no, I mean, it's just aggravating. But Abram, 75 years old, took Sarah, his wife, Lot, his brother's son, all their possessions that they had gathered, all the people he had acquired in Haran. They departed to go to the land of Canaan. Period. And so they came. I love the way that God showed us. They came to the land of Canaan. There are four dynamics of destiny that I want to deal with today. The first one is like Abraham. Number one, you have to. You must have the ability to hear from God. You don't need to hear from anybody else about your... I don't need to tell you today what you're supposed to do with your life. That's not my place. That's God's job. It's not my place to get you to the altar and prophesy over you and talk about, Oh, this is what the Lord said. Listen, many times we already know what God wants us to do. We don't need a preacher to tell us, a pastor. We don't need anybody to tell us because God has already put something in our heart. Do you know there's a lot of people that there's ministries inside of them right now. They've just never allowed them to come to fruition. God wants to use them. I remember the one guy that, that was at, at a church in, in Arizona and the pastor talked about how they needed this ministry and that ministry and how that, that he was a biker and he decided, I want to start a... A game for the for the bicyclers, a Christian bicycle game. You know, we're gonna and sure enough, they had to end up getting enough total different church to house all the, the, the bicyclers that came. It was a many of them a rougher group, but they came and gave their hearts to Christ. And another woman that wanted to help widows, and another one to help orphans, and, and ministry began to birth, but it was inside of people because God had already gifted them and given them the talents to do it. They just had to finally hear the voice of the Lord speak to them. you got to be able to hear Him. Now, I want you to think about Abraham's time. Number one, there are no preachers in his time, alright? Like y'all got. We come every week, we hear a preacher, right? Abraham doesn't have preachers. Abraham doesn't have a Bible in his hand. we got Genesis to Revelation. So anytime we need a word from the Lord, we don't have to wait for a preacher. We can just open up our Bible. God's already spoken to us through His Word. All we've got to do is listen. But Abraham doesn't have that, alright? All that he has is the ability to hear God's voice. But there were stories that are handed down. And, 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 and see, Abraham has heard these stories that one day in the cool of the day, God is talking with Adam. And then he hears about Noah. These stories begin to come to fruition. And he begins to understand these stories have been passed down from one generation to another. I believe it is so important. I'll preach it until the day that I die. That if there's anything that we need to do in our homes and in our churches. is we need to pass down a few stories to our children and our grandchildren. And their children's children's children. We need to pass down the stories and tell them about times that we heard from God. And God said to do this or that. And we listen to God's voice and, and miracles happen in our life. And so, although they don't have a Bible, they have this passing down of what God has done. Do you believe today that God can speak to you? I mean, do you really believe today in this service that the creator of the universe can speak to you? Now listen, I, and I'm not talking about an audible voice, even though you should not rule that out. Because God can still speak in the audible. We've got the cutest little donkey. Me and Jennifer, every time we ride by, we talk about stealing it. But we know that's one of the Ten Commandments that we shouldn't break. It's the cutest little thing. One day I thought about it. So I'm just going to get out and see if I can rub them big old ears. Well, Jacks are mean. They'll kick you. I'm scared the mama. It's a really big, big boy, too, that uh, there. But I was thinking about it. So what if I just stop and talk to this donkey? 
Did you know God audibly could talk to me through that donkey? I was thinking about it. I said, think about Balaam. I mean, can you imagine? He's walking here. And God says, man, I've been trying to speak to you. And you will not listen. Maybe you'll listen to a donkey. And so a donkey starts proclaiming the word of the Lord to him. So don't rule out an audible voice. God could speak to you. I mean, it would be a bit freaky if your dog started talking to you today, right? But if God wanted to do it that way, he could do it that way. It's oftentimes a still small voice, a whisper. It is often a pricking of our hearts. It is a passage of scripture that we open up our Bible. Have you ever been discouraged and said, God, I'm going to open up my Bible and just see what verse. Just show me what I need. And you flip it open and point your finger and close your eyes. Anybody ever done that but me? All right. Y'all need to try it. It's powerful. I've done it so many times and point to him. Oh my God, that's exactly. I probably just sit there and cry because the Spirit of God, what God was doing in that moment, He was speaking to me through the Scripture. It is a line in the song. It is, it is all for a thousand tongues of sea. It is that moment that it just speaks to you. It, it is when, when, when a pastor gets up and preaches and if you don't hear anything else, there's one thing in that sermon that just stood out to you. See, understand with me, there is a pile of voices that will try to tell you what you need to do. There will always be distractions. You know, it, it's sad when you open up your heart to a buddy and you're like, man, this is what I've really been feeling now. You can't do that. What? Are you crazy? I mean, isn't that great? I mean, you're just pouring out your heart and all of a sudden this voice tells you, that's impossible. Well, that's not what I want to hear. So understand with me, there's a pile of voices that you're going to hear. For Adam, it was a snake that said, whoa, 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 God hasn't said this. So there's a voice through a snake, a serpent, a.k.a. the devil. It's a voice that Adam listened to and was deterred away from his destiny and the intention God had for his life. I could go through the Bible and I could tell you all kinds of voices. But at the end of the day, Abraham's family could have been like, Abraham, you don't need to go. We need you here. You're a blessing here. Just stay with us. But see, what Abraham did is what we need to do. We need to learn to listen to the voice of the Lord and nobody else's voice. Because other people are not going to get you to your destiny. Other people are not going to get you where God's taking you. Because there's some of these people... They can't understand where God's taking you. They've never seen the favor of God like God's about to show on you. That is why you don't listen to what they've got to say. All you listen to is a voice. The name above every name. When he whispers in your ear and says, Hey, it is time for you to do this or that. You've got to hear him. Number two. You must believe what you hear God say. It's one thing for God to talk to you. It is another thing for you to actually believe what he's saying. See, there's a lot of people, they'll sit in the service and they'll listen to the preacher preach, but they do not believe what he says is for their life today. It is like people that say, well, that's just the Old Testament. That's not relevant anymore. Paul was talking in the New Testament to this or that church. Can I tell somebody today that the word of God is still powerful? And can I tell somebody today, let all men be liars, but let his word be truth. So when God speaks to us, there's no lie in it, ladies and gentlemen. Every word that he speaks is the truth. If you're hearing lies that are whispered in your ear, it is not God speaking to you. It is the liar above all liars. As a matter of fact, the Bible said he is the father of all liars and his native language, which means the, the way that he speaks. We speak English. It says his native language is called lies. That's all that he speaks. That is why we cannot listen to what he says. We've got to believe what God is saying over our lives because Satan is going to speak defeat over you. God's not going to do that. God's going to speak victory over your life. See, understand when God speaks, the enemy is going to try his best to come and talk you out of what God is telling you. There's no way you could do that. 
Oh, you don't have the ability to do that. God must have picked the wrong person. It's definitely not you, but fate comes by hearing. And then all of a sudden, fate becomes reality. It turns into something real for your life when God is speaking to you. So you have to believe that God, when He speaks, He has a plan specifically for your life. And He is doing all that He can to speak to you about that plan. I mean, I hope to God today that God speaks to your neighbor, all right? And, and I'm telling you, Brian, I hope today God speaks to you. But I'm going to tell you, I really need God to speak to me. You know, I, I, you know I've preached sermons for, it's really funny. But I've preached sermons for, and I am not lying to you. If I'm lying, I'm dying right now. Which I just told y'all we all dying. But anyhow... I remember preaching a sermon one time, and I remember a guy coming to me after service and saying, boy, you really got brother so-and-so. I remember that. And I'm like, really? He's like, in other words, God was speaking to them. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I was thinking I was preaching to you. (laughs) Because what I was preaching, you needed to hear but sometimes we think, oh, Sister Betty needed that over there today. Brother, Brother Bobby needed that over there today. No, God is speaking to you. God wasn't speaking to anybody else. He was speaking to Abraham because you believe what I said. He told Abraham, I will bless you everywhere you go. I'm going to bless you everywhere your feet touch is going to be blessed ground. Every kingdom you walk into is going to be blessed all because you obeyed me when I said Get up and go into your destiny. Watch this. So we've got number one. We've got to have the ability to hear God. Number two, we've got to believe what God, we hear God say. And thirdly, this is really important. We must have a season of divine denunciation. That is a denouncement. Abraham had a decision to make. He was comfortable where he was. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Abraham was a very rich man. He had many livestock. He had family. He had everything he needed. He was comfortable. But God had to bring him to the straight and narrow. And he had to move him out of this comfort place. And he brought him to what would be a difficult path. He had to denounce his present blessing. In order to go to the future promise. I'm going to say that again. He had to denounce his present blessing. In order to get to a future of promise. That is what we call divine denunciation. In other words, you come to the place where you say, in order to get that, I'm willing to give up this. In order to get the point B, I am willing to leave point A. I mean, I could stay here and have a sure thing. I could stay here and I could be comfortable. I could stay here and I can just relax and chill because things are going good. Or I can do like Abraham and I can trust God with my future. So in other words, you have to be willing to leave the safe zone and move into what God calls the faith zone. So Abraham is at a safe place. He could have stayed there. He could have spent the rest of his years just an old man, lived it out, and died. But God said at 75 years old, you were not intended to stay in a safe place. I need to move you to the fake zone. And the fake zone is a crazy place to be. Because people with radical faith are crazy. That group is a group that when everybody else says it's impossible, they are saying with God all things are possible. They are the group that when everybody else says, and I ain't volunteering for that, they're jumping on the front of the battle line saying, let hell and high water come. But I'm going to stand here with the children of God. They're going to fight for what is right. I'm telling you, this is what God is wanting to do. He moves us to a place, really quite frankly, where we're not comfortable. So on your way to to destiny, there comes a time that God just simply says, denounce it. Denounce your past. Denounce where you have been. Because what the will of God does every single time is it stretches you. And it will stretch you to a place that you feel like you can't stretch anymore. And oftentimes that's when you know you're in the right place. The place 
that God has called you to be. When you feel like the rubber band. I love a rubber band. You can sit there and pull that thing and yank on that thing. I mean, some of them scare me to death. You get something big, you can pull just as far as you can. And even with your span, like my span, I can't even cause the thing to pop. The tension is getting strong. You can see the rubber band pulling apart. But the rubber brand doesn't break. And that is the way the will of God is. If you're ever going to be as great as God wants you to be, you're not going to be sitting in a lazy chair recliner in the church just letting the days go by till Jesus comes. If you are going to really reach your God-given destiny, you're going to be stretched a little bit. And you're going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to feel like at times you're going to falter and you're going to fail. But you're going to have to go back like Abraham and say, I believe the word of the Lord that's spoken over my life. I know I'm going to denounce what I was. And I'm moving into a place that I don't even know yet. Oh my God, have mercy. So the will of God stretches us beyond what we're capable of doing. You know, I remember moving here. I was in a season that, that quite frankly, I, was, uh, I had to denounce it. I had to walk away from it. I had to hear the word of the Lord. I've, I've got to leave this place. And I've got to go to another place. And I remember in our journey here, in our journey to destiny, and I remember getting ready to come. And I remember, man, I was so beaten down. We were discouraged. Just, just going through a lot. And I remember getting on the piano that morning. And I remember singing a song, Didn't I Walk on the Water? Anybody ever heard that song? As I kneel in the darkness in the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance that everything's going to be all right. But Lord, I see another mountain right in front of me. I don't know if I'll be able. And I'll go down. In defeat. But he said, Do you remember? Just what I brought you from. So take a look around you at how far you've come. And every time that you ask me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I would not see you through? And as I sing that that morning, tears filled my eyes because that's the way I felt. But God was saying, I'm stretching you. I'm going to pull you a little further than you think you can go. But I had to denounce and say, I'm leaving it behind. So what I'm saying to somebody today is it's time for you to leave this season. Now, I've got Pastor Anderson with me today and he was a pastor for a long time and he understands seasons. And you as Christians, you should also understand seasons. I think we call them summer, spring, right? All this kind of stuff. So you know what seasons are. But they're spiritual seasons. And there are times... In, in the body of Christ. That you go through seasons. And I'm telling you. I've been in some seasons. That I didn't want to leave. Everything was ticking. I mean everything's going perfect. And then all of a sudden. In the middle of a cog that seems to be spinning. Right God throws something in the middle. And says wait a minute. Y'all have gotten too comfortable. Come on somebody. Y'all just go to church every week, but there's more than that for you. There's a community to reach. There's lives to change. There's ministries to be started. There's people that have it within them. And God says, wait a minute, I've got to mess up your plans. Y'all can't just keep coming to church and hearing a sermon. You've got to be the church. You've got to be Jesus Christ's hands and feet. And so God challenges us. And says it's time to denounce the old. Because I'm taking you to the new. But in church we have this tendency. That when we get comfortable. Oh somebody. Somebody going to help me preach today aren't you? That when we get comfortable. We don't want to move. It doesn't just happen in our lives. It happens in churches. To where God says, wait a minute, it's time for you to go to another place. And sometimes we get comfortable and say, no God, we like where we are. We're content with where we are. But what God is doing to the body of Christ is He is beginning to stretch us. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Because just like in your life, it is not always comfortable. Sometimes there's a few bumps along the way. And there may be a few dissensions along the way. But what we've got to understand is God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. 
because we can't even begin to think or dream possible what God is wanting to do in our lives and what God is wanting to do in our church. So I say to you, let us denounce the past and let us move forward into where our destiny is that God intends for us today. Can you give God praise in this house? i got to hurry. Give me more floor. I need, I, just a little bit. I, I want to leave you with this. So we've heard, we've got the ability to hear God speak. That's good. We must believe what we hear God say. We have a season of divine denunciation. And lastly, you must have the courage to do it. A matter of fact, the Bible teaches us after you hear and believe and after you denounce the success of whatever it was that you had achieved and thank God for achievements. But we have to move on from that and we go to the next achievement. We have to have the courage just to do it. I found that a lot of people talk about it. I've talked with people that talk about doing great things. You know what I'm saying? They got great plans. Great things for God. But they don't ever stir up the courage within themselves to just do it. I love that when I had, I've told you I had a lady come to me in church. She had a ministry on her heart. She said, oh, pastor, I've got this. God's been dealing with me. I'm going to tell you something. You want, to have revival, you want a pastor to have revival, you come to him and use those exact terms. I'll be shouting and speaking in tongues before I can even think. I don't, hallelujah. She said, Pastor, I've got a ministry God put on my heart. That's exactly what I've been waiting here. I've been praying for the last year for this. She tells me the ministry plan, everything sounds good. But when it comes time to do it, guess who she wanted to do it? You're looking at him. You're looking at him. I'm the new... The new ministry. I don't want to be the new ministry. God didn't tell me to do that ministry. He was talking to you, honey. So don't come. But what she ultimately did is she handed it off to me as, as she was my prophetess. And God had told her what to tell me to do. Which I don't take very well. But she hands it off. Ministry never got done. See, there's some people, they talk about it. They never have the unction inside of them, the courage to say, you know what, I can do this. God has given me this anointing. God has given me this gift. God has put me here for some reason or another. I'm not just taking away oxygen from everybody else, right? And doing nothing to give back to people. I am God's anointed vessel. Let me do something for the kingdom of God. See, understand with me. I liked Michael Jordan when I was a kid watching him play. And he said, some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. He said, others just make it happen. Quit talking about it and do it. Let me leave you. Here we go. It's during World War II when the ships are about to go out to fight. History tells us that they would give the captain what was called closed orders. In other words, it's an envelope, and inside the envelope is the orders, and he would seal the envelope and hand it to him. This means that they could not open until they traveled to a certain coordinates, and then when they got to that certain coordinates in their journey, their destiny, if I can call it that, then they could open it up and look because they understood that if these men opened up and saw where they were going, if they saw what was going to happen before they got there, Many of them would have turned away and said, we can't win this battle. We can't do that. We're outnumbered. We're this, we're that. And they would have turned aside. So it was closed orders. Can I tell you, this is exactly what happened to Abraham. God gave him closed orders. One day God said, Abraham, get up and go. Now I'm going to tell you all something. I've got a hundred questions. God, where am I going? Why am I going? Who's going with me? How much is it going to cost me to get there? What land am I going to travel through? What? I mean, God would get tired of hearing it and say, you know what, I think I'm just going to get somebody else to do the journey for me. You just get up and you go. It is closed orders. And when you get there, you can open it up and you can see what I did. The miracles I wrote. Because see, if Abraham would have understood everything that he would have went through, he would have not left the safe zone. Why do you leave the safe zone to go to an uncomfortable place? But guess what Abraham did? He said, this is my destiny. This is my purpose. This is why I was born. This is why I exist. This is why Jeremiah 29, 11. This is God's plans for me. 
This is my hope. This is my future. And he got up and he went with closed orders. Oftentimes God does the same with us. Sometimes we want every answer, every question answered before we go out and do what God tells us to do. The truth is obedience to a call will involve sacrifice. Obedience to a cause, you go to the piano, will require great faith. It may be that you hear the same thing. Get up and get out. If God has given you the answer to every question before you move, guess what you'll do? You'll never do anything. There comes that moment that we must get this courage within us to do the thing that God whispered in our ear. That God impressed in our heart. And when you go, go. Don't stop. Don't hesitate. Don't think, I can't make it. And you simply keep your eyes on Jesus. There's a story of Peter. And he got distracted by the waves. And you will too. Sometimes we get distracted by the things around us. But sometimes we just have to trust the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, I'm the one that started a good work in you. And I am the one that's going to finish that work in your life. So in the end, when it comes to going the distance for destiny, there is one thing that will keep us focused, or believing, and that is focus. We have to focus on the promise. We can never focus on the problems. The problems will always be there. We stay focused on the promise of where God's taking us. Problems will come. When you launch out into your destiny. You can focus on the obstacles. Or you can choose to focus on your destiny. Remember that with Peter. All it took was one look at the waves. And the same water that he's sitting there walking on. Right? Is the same water he about drowned in. All because he lost focus. Of where God was wanting to take him. My God Almighty. I'm telling us today. We have to stay focused. On the promise. Because God will get you there. Our last verse. Says that they traveled. And in the end it said. And they came to the land of Canaan. God brought him. To the place of destiny and God is going to do the same with you today can we stand are you ready to walk in your destiny man I tell you it'd just be easy to it'd be easy not to mess with anything some of you maybe you've been thinking about trying something new maybe maybe a new business maybe a new venture Maybe something on the side. And I ain't talking about selling drugs. Somebody shout hallelujah. I ain't talking about hustling people. You've been thinking about it. Perhaps today you need to zoom in and focus. And listen and see if that's God talking to you. Because if it's God talking to you, He's trying to take you somewhere you've never been before. Perhaps in this church today, I believe that God has things planned for this church I think for years that God has had plans for this church I don't even think that we have tapped into or can even fathom what God wants to do in this church Amen Hallelujah Glory to God We haven't tapped into it but I think what God is waiting on is for some people to really focus on their destiny I think what God and I'm not talking about just self-serving things I'm not talking about just things that benefit you I'm talking about the body of Christ now I'm talking about your giftings I'm talking about your talents I'm talking about your ability I remember a pastor was talking about church growth and he talked about how that there was a certain ministry and he had been trying to kind of man it and do it, didn't have anybody to do it. And he started praying, he's like, God, I really, I really don't know how to do this. You know, I'm not, I'm not really that good at it. I need somebody. He says, so God sent somebody that was better than he was at the job to do it. 
you know, it's amazing that everything that we need for this house to be successful is sitting in this house today. What a thought. It's in the house. It's right here among us. I'm going to do a series on that one day because I've got it building up and I'm going to have to do it. But God has it right here. Figure out why you're here. Don't just sit around any longer. God has bigger plans for you than that. God has bigger plans for your family than that. God has bigger plans for your church than that. I'm begging you, step into your place that God is saying, get out and go. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, bless your people. You are speaking to your people right now. Hallelujah. Father, help us to get out of the comfort zone. Help us to get out of the safe zone. People that are struggling here today that they know they've heard from God. They know there's something in their heart that's been pricking them for a long time. They just can't seem to shake it. I'm asking you today in Jesus' name, let them recognize who that is. That's you. That's your voice. You are talking to them. You are telling them, get up and go. You're telling them, I have something greater for you than what you're doing right now. In the name of Jesus. Brian, sing something. I want you, if, if you want to pray, now's your moment. If you want to pray, I'm not, I don't want to leave without giving you that opportunity today. As Pastor Brian sings a chorus for us. If you want to come and spend a few minutes with Jesus, now's your time. To